So here we are. One of the greatest celebrations there is 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 the celebration of baptism. The celebration of baptism. Amen. Water baptism. But what is it? What is it? I mean, there's you you would think that it'd be so easily understood, but like many things, we take the simplest things and mucky them all up. I mean, you, we got some some people that believe some believe that you can't be born again unless you are water baptism baptized. You cannot go to heaven unless you're water baptized. And then you have other people that say that you know this water baptism isn't that big of a deal, and they and they don't practice water baptism at all because after all, in this day and age, it's a lot of work to do baptism. <laughs> When I was growing up, my parents baptized me as a child because that's what they were taught to do. And um, as I came to a time of understanding that I was a sinner and that I needed a Savior and that I received Jesus Christ as my Savior and was born again, I asked the pastor of the church that we went to if I could be baptized. And he said, no. He says, you were already baptized when you were a kid. I said, I didn't know I was baptized when I was a kid. I didn't, I, I didn't even know what happened. He goes, but, but you were baptized as a kid. You can't be rebaptized. Well, after a while, a couple of years later, we grew in our knowledge and faith in the Lord, and we moved on to another church. I asked that pastor. They were having a baptismal service, and I asked that pastor if I could be baptized. I said, you know, I... I was baptized when, when I was a child, but and I was told before that I can't, couldn't be baptized because I was already baptized. And, and the pastor said, no, you can be baptized. And uh, so I was baptized, and it was awesome. And uh, today, you have an opportunity to be baptized. Ba- baptism, this, 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 the baptism, we've, we've had people that have been baptized they were baptized when they were older, and then they've got baptized again later on because just because of the new knowledge that they had about Christ, they had a, a greater revelation of what it means to be in Christ Jesus. And if, if the Holy Spirit, if God is telling you, is, is pricking your heart saying, you know what, get baptized. Do a declaration, a testimony of, of your faith in me. Who am I to stand in the way of what God is telling you to do? Amen? So this morning, we're going to baptize you. And uh, it's going to be great. Um, so back to those two extremes. you got people that say you can't be born again. You can't go to heaven unless you're water baptized. And then you got people that say that it's not really important at all. So do I believe that you have to be water baptized to go to heaven? The answer is No. You do not have to be water baptized to be saved, right? But do I believe to be saved you have to be baptized? Yes. To be saved, you have to be baptized. Are you confused? You won't be. You won't be when we're done with this. You won't be when we're done with this. First of all, um, first of all, Jesus commanded us to be water baptized. 
And almost everywhere in the book of Acts where you see people that are believers, people that confess Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they say that they, they, they were immediately water baptized. So we even do it wrong, right? We, we do it as convenience. We lump you all in into one service once or twice a year and, and uh, baptize you all. We do mass baptizings. At Jesus' time, as soon as a believer made a confession of faith of, in Jesus Christ, they were baptized. They were baptized in water. And, and um, you remember um, Philip talking to um, the Ethiopian, and, and uh, he uh, was preaching the gospel to him. And he says, well, there's water right there. What, has it, what, what keeps me from being baptized? And he went down and baptized him. I mean, that's, that's how much baptized, baptism was spoken about when you talked about Jesus because of what it represents. Water baptism. Water, even, even though water baptism is not required for salvation, listen to me. There is always, there is always a blessing that accompanies being obedient to the word of God. Right? Even though, even though it's not a requirement, for salvation, I'm telling you, when you do things God's way, there's always, there's always a blessing that, that follows it. Water baptism is, baptism is just an outward sign of the baptism you have already received. So today, you're going to get a fake baptism. Because we live in two worlds, right? We, we live in the spiritual world, and we live in a natural world. And we are saved not by works, but we are saved unto good works. You understand the difference? See, when you are born again, something changes in you, and God recreates you, and he gives you new want-tos. He gives you new want-tos. And once we are saved, we should produce outward works of salvation, this new life in Christ. And the first act of good work that God wants us to do is to be water baptized. It's a good work you're doing today. It's a testimony of what Jesus Christ ha has done. Water baptism is a testimony of the world of what has happened to you spiritually. So first we need a definition of the word baptism. What does baptism mean? Right? The word ba baptism is a transliteration. There's a big fancy word for you. Right? Put that in your refrigerator. Transliteration. And what that means is that it's an English word that was, was made up. <laughs> It was made up out of the original Greek because when they were translating the Word of God into the English language, they didn't really have all the English words for the original Greek. They didn't have words for certain things. And some, some of the Greek words, they didn't even really know the definitions of themselves. They were learning, they were learning the Greek language as they went along. And, I mean, it seems like they could have got it out of the context one of the other things that I think was happening during this time was that there was a big feud happening in the church. You had the sprinklers and the dunkers, right? And, and the definition, the definition of baptism, in, and when you look at it in the context of how it's being talked about, you see that it was submergent. They were being submerged. 
So that might have had something to do with how they translated in the Bible. But there are other words in the Bible that are a transliteration. Um, for instance, apostle. The word apostle is not an English word. It was made up from a Greek word. We didn't, they didn't translate it into an English word. Um, prophet and prophecy. Those are transliterations. Okay? More information than you probably want to know. But what's interesting is as they went further in translating the Bible, um, they learned more about the Greek language. They learned more about the, the, the definitions of, of Greek words. And by the time you get to Revelation, when it's talking, Revelation chapter 19, when it's talking about Jesus coming back to the earth to rule and reign, he comes back with a robe dipped in blood. And guess what that Greek word for dipped is? Baptizo, baptism. He comes back with a robe baptized in blood. So, so, this understanding is that baptism means to submerge, it means to dip, it means to immerse. All right. So it means so. So John the Baptist could have been called John the Dipper, right? And I, and I know some of you have come out of the Baptist denomination, right? So you came out of the the, the dippiest denomination. No. Oh. I'm joking. That's a joke. Don't get your things in a bunch. We, we, uh, that was a joke. We, my, my, my daughter married someone that was, was a Baptist boy. Now they're in Colorado going to Karis Bible College. So, <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> the first the first time in ancient writings that the word baptism was used was in the story of, in Greek mythology when uh, Ulysses, is that right? Ulysses put out the eye of Cyclops, right? This is a fairy tale. This isn't true, but in this writing, that's where we find it in ancient manuscripts. This is the first time we find this word. And... Uh, what he did is he threw his spear through the eye of Cyclops and killed him. And it says that he baptized his spear into the eye of Cyclops. Um, that's how the word was used. Um, the word was also used by the Spartans. When the Spartans would go into battle, they would baptize their spear into pig's blood, representing the blood of their enemies. Right? So they, they would all dip their spearhead into pig's blood, and the word that they used was baptized. They baptized the spears. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? So the, so the meaning of the word was to dip or submerge, but it took on a meaning. Uh, uh, it also took, and during Jesus' time, it took on a, a meaning to identify. See, the spear was identified with the blood of the pig, right? And then they used the word when they dyed garments. When they dyed garments, they took a, a cloth and they dipped it into the dye and they said that they baptized the garment. They baptized the garment. And when they pulled the garment out, what happened? The garment was identified with the dye, right? And dye is permanent. It's forever. 
So now that we have a definition of the word, let's talk about the different baptisms found in Scripture. Because there is multiple baptisms found in Scripture. And even Hebrews talks about that uh, some of the foundation teaching of, of Christianity is the doctrine of baptisms, plural. So there are multiple baptisms mentioned in the Bible, and some are real and some are symbolic. Um, and don't freak out, but uh, water baptism is not real. It's only a symbol of a real baptism. So here, here are five symbolic baptisms found in Scripture. The first one is Noah and in the ark, in 1 Peter 3, 20 through 22, we see that Noah and his family were saved through water. He was saved through water as they were put into the ark. They were baptized into the ark. What is that, what is that symbolizing? They were sin and rampant um, injustice and, 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 and calamity of mankind. They were, they were baptized. They were put into the ark. The water came down, washed the world clean, and they were saved and came, and came out. Right? Jesus Christ. We were, submer we were baptized into Christ. We were baptized into Christ, and, and he bore sin, sickness, and, and disease on the cross. He bore it and we are safe inside of Christ and we have been set free the other one was Moses leading the Israelites across the Red Sea in 1st Corinthians chapter 10 verse 2 now the children of Israel um, came through the Red Sea on dry ground but did you know that there was water on their left and there was water on their right and there's water up above them well how was there water up above them it said that the cloud of God covered them so they were totally sealed and water. They walked across dry ground. And what happens when, uh, so there was over, there's two, approximately two million Israelites that came across, were baptized all at one time. They came across the Red Sea, and when they all came across the sea, what happened? The water came down. And what did happen when the water came down? All of Pharaoh's men, the enemies of the children of Israel, that, that represented Satan, the kingdom of, of darkness, bondage, slavery, all of that, the water came down and wiped them out, destroyed them all. Again, that's a perfect picture of Jesus Christ. He destroyed sin, death, and the grave. He, he destroyed the enemy of our souls. He wiped them out. He knocked his teeth out. And we go through baptism, through Christ. We are baptized into him, and we come out into freedom. We come out to freedom. And then we have John the Baptist, it found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan River. People were coming to John with a, a holy revival in the, in the earth, seeing that there was a need for their sins to be cleansed, for their sins to be washed away. And, and, Jesus, and, and John was, was baptizing them in the, in the symbolic way of of having their sins washed away in preparation for something that was about to happen. It was a preparation for something, something that was coming. See, John was announcing the coming of Jesus. 
John was announcing the coming of Jesus. And, and, and every prophet up to John proclaimed the coming of Jesus. And Jesus says about John that he is greater than all of the prophets. Why was John greater than all of the prophets? I mean, you got Moses. Moses that led the children out of Egypt, performed mighty miracles. I mean, John, it's, we, there's, it's not recorded that he performed one miracle. And, and John, Jesus says, John is greater than, than Moses? I mean, you got David, the, the psalmist that prophesied about, about the coming of Jesus. And, and, and he destroyed David. Or David destroyed Goliath, right? Brought in brought in, in, into the victory of the children of Israel and the kingdom of um, Israel in the place. He, he is the one that, that wrote the psalms that many of our worship songs are, made, are, are uh, written out of today. He was a man after God's own heart. But Jesus said that John was greater than him. I mean, you got Isaiah that wrote great, big, long books of the Bible. John never wrote one scripture. Jeremiah that wrote great, big, long books of the Bible. John never wrote one scripture. But Jesus said that John was greater than them all. Why was John greater than them all? Because Moses prophesied to him. Moses prophesied that Jesus was coming. David prophesied that Jesus was coming. Isaiah promised that Jesus was coming. Jeremiah was promising that Jesus was coming. John, seeing him come, he proclaimed that he was there. He seen him with his own eyes. John was the one that got to say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's why John was greater than them all. He got to see what all of them only hoped and dreamed of. Amen. And then we have number five, the, uh, the new believer water, water baptism found in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Um, see, when we talked about this a little bit already, but when people believed um, the gospel and received Jesus as Lord and Savior and were baptized, it's a symbolic baptism of what happened spiritually. That the old life is gone, the new, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We have went through death, burial, and resurrection with Jesus Christ, and now walk in newness of life. Those are all symbolic baptisms. These are all types of baptisms. They're all rituals, baptisms. They're all symbolism of baptism. And how can you know the difference between a real baptism and a symbolic baptism? If it's in water. If it's in water, it's not real. Why? Because water can't wash away your sins. Water can't bring freedom and deliverance. Water, water can't make you a new creation. Amen? So water is just a symbol of what the real baptism of the Spirit did when you said yes to Jesus Christ. So now let's look at some real baptisms, all right? In Matthew chapter 3, verse 7, it says, But when he saw many Pharisees, this is John the Baptist, when he saw the many Pharisees and Sadducees come into his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think 
to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children of, to Abraham from these very stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. See, John was baptizing, saying that something's coming. The axe is coming. The, the way that we understood and interpret God is coming to an end. The promised one is coming, and everything is going to change. And here's the thing of it is he's, he's saying that every tree, every tree that does not um, produce good fruit is going to be hewn down and thrown into the fire. I got news for you. That's everybody. That's everybody. So we have this idea, we have this idea in this um, secular humanistic um, society that we live in that people are, are pretty much good. No, people aren't good. Every single person in here, every single person in this world has the, uh, the appensity, the ability, if given the right circumstances and, and the, the right power and the right uh, um, ability to do it, to be just as barbaric, just as ruthless, just as heinous as Hitler. We all have that ability to be that way. There is not one good, not any good. Goodness doesn't get you to heaven. See, that's the problem is we, we, we look at ourselves and we judge ourselves amongst ourselves. And the Bible says that that's stupid. Well, I'm not as bad as that person down there. I know what that person does, and if they're going to heaven, I'm certainly going to heaven. No, they might, they, they might not be going. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're going to heaven. We are only good. The only goodness that we ever, ever have is the goodness that we have in Christ Jesus. And even after we are born again, Christians can do some pretty dumb stuff. Why? Because you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. The only goodness, the only righteousness that we, will, we ever have is in Christ Jesus. And I believe, I don't know if God categorizes sins, but I believe that the worst sin that there ever is, that someone can ever commit, is a sin of self-righteousness. Because if you think that you're righteous on your own merit, there is no salvation for you. How can you get saved when you think that you are already righteous? Self-righteous is, is the, the disease of the world. It's the disease of, relig of religion. And Jesus came to cut down that tree and throw it into the fire. So John was baptizing and the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they showed up. They didn't show up. They didn't show up to be baptized. They didn't show up to repent. They didn't show up to show, say, God, have mercy on me, that I need to be cleansed. They came to mock him. I mean, after all, here's a guy dressed in camel skin, crying out in the wilderness, and they got this nice plush uh, temple, and, and, and the people are going out to hear John in the wilderness. So he's, he, they're going out there to make fun of him. They're going out there to, to ridicule him, to mock him, right? And John goes on to say, I indeed baptize you with water. So that baptism is what? Symbolic, right? 
unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now both of those are real baptisms. So we have three baptisms here. We have baptism in water, we have baptism with the Holy Ghost, and we have baptism with fire. The first one is, is, is a ritual baptism. It's a symbolic baptism. In, it's in water. But the next two are real baptisms. The first baptism of the Holy Ghost. How many of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost here? Amen? I'm not going to raise your hand if you don't have it. I mean, that is a real bapt baptism. We all should be baptized in the Holy Ghost and be able to, and have our prayer language of speaking in tongues. That, that is a, 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 a mandate from God. That's, that's God's desire for each and every one of us to be filled, overflowing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's not a one-time thing. Do you know that? You receive it initially, but you have to be being filled, Ephesians says. Right? You have to continually have that river of living water come bubbling, bubbling, bubbling up. You have, you have to let the Spirit be the forefront of your revelation of life, not, the, not your carnal, physical knowledge. Amen? You can feel, on the outside, you can feel. You can feel down. You can feel depressed. But do you know what? Inside your spirit is joy, unspeakable, and, and it's full of glory. So you can concentrate on your flesh, or you can start saying, I'm filled with joy. I have the joy of the Lord. Woo, I can do a little jig. Right? I'm not going to break it all out on you, but uh, that's the difference. There's a huge difference. You, you can be either filled with the Holy Spirit, or you can be filled with the flesh. Amen? So we, we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is, which is a real baptism. And then you have the second baptism, which is the baptism of fire. Now, we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We want that. But we don't want the baptism of fire. John was talking to believers here, and he was talking to unbelievers, the mocking Pharisees and Sadducees. See, the believer will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, but there will come a time when the mocker, the unbelievers, will be baptized with fire. Where did I get that? Did I just make that up? No, let's look at the next verse. Verse 12. His, fa his, his fan is in his hand, and he has thoroughly cleaned out his threshing floor and gathered his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I know we live in a time when it's not good to talk about the judgment of God. But it's true. And people say, I don't understand how a loving God can, can, can put people, throw people into hell for, forever. What I don't understand is how a person that has had the Holy Spirit come and God himself Come down and knock on the, heart, on the door of their hearts. Come down and convict them. Come down and make himself real where they know. They know. When they are convicted of a loving God, I, I don't understand how someone can reject God. 
See, it's not about, see, this is what baptism is all about. You are either baptized, you're either submerged into Adam, or you're submerged into Jesus Christ. You are either baptized in the Holy Spirit, or you're baptized with fire. It's so clear right here. John says that there are two baptisms. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then there's a baptism of fire where he comes and cleans the threshing floor, gather his wheat into the barn, and he, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The wheat are believers. Unbelievers are chaff. His wheat is gathered into the barn, but the chaff will be burned up with unquenchable fire. I mean, it's not that the Bible isn't clear. It's just that we don't like what the Bible says. Why? Because we don't want to talk about sin. We, we, like, we just want to talk about grace. But you can't have grace without sin. Sin is destructive. It's destroying our world. It's destroying our families. It's destroying our schools. It's destroying our communities. Sin is not good. And Jesus Christ came to redeem us from sin. That sin should not have power over us because we are saved by grace. It's an empowerment. He gives you new watchers. And then if you do sin, guess what? You had the ability not to be lost in your sin, but to come forth. We, we like the idea of, of, of that everybody gets to go to heaven because then we, we, we don't have to live like heaven on earth. We can just live like everybody else. We don't have to face persecution. We don't have to be Christians. We can hide. I mean, we don't want to be like John the Baptist here. We don't want the cool kids to come and mock us. These are real baptisms. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is real baptism. The baptism with fire is a real baptism. John said only, only the, the baptism with water is, represents symbolic, symbolic. So here is this thing, is that we all get to choose to what we're going to be baptized in. You can choose to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or you can choose to be baptized in fire. But we all, we all are going to be baptized. Here's another real baptism. This is the baptism that Jesus faced on the cross. And when, when you understand what Jesus faced and Jesus went through, and then you have people that mock and ridicule him, I, I just can't understand the, the, logic, the logic behind them. In Mark chapter 10, verse 38, it says, but Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. What they wanted to do is they wanted one to, when he comes into his kingdom, one to sit on his right hand and one to sit on his left. On his right hand and one on his left. And he says, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. They're still talking about things that they don't understand. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized, you will be baptized. What's he talking about there? Yeah, you will be baptized in my baptism. 
you will drink the cup that I have to drink, but I got to do it first. And you do it through me. He was baptized for humanity. He was baptized for humanity. See, Jesus, on, on, on the River Jordan, seen the cry of humanity. He's seen their desire to be purged from their sins. And when Jesus came to John the Baptist and was symbolically symbolically baptized, he was doing it as us. Because after that, up to that point, he did no teaching, he did no preaching, he did no mighty miracles. Jesus seen the cry of humanity's heart, and he came into the waters, and he says, I will be the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I will be baptized for them. This baptism was symbolic of his real baptism on the cross. On the cross, Jesus separated with one life and began another. On the cross, it was the death of the old covenant. On the cross, it was the death to the law of Moses. On the cross, Jesus prepared a way for the church age on the, and the coming of the Holy Spirit for every, every believer. The kingdom of God in the earth and the family of God forever. Jesus was baptized on the cross. The baptism on the cross was Jesus choosing to go and become the sin sacrifice. He who knew no sin became the sin sacrifice for the world. He was baptized into sin, death, and the grave. He was cursed so we could be blessed. The curse that was on you and me, he took upon himself so that we could be redeemed once and for all. Thank God. Thank God that he was willing to be baptized for humanity. That Jesus Christ was willing to do what he had to do. We talked about this before. He did not have to go to the cross. He could have brought judgment upon the whole earth. He could have called 12 legions of angels. But he chose to be baptized for us into death, the grave. He is the salvation of the Lord, and he is mighty to save. So we looked at five symbolic baptisms. We looked at Noah. We looked at Moses. We looked at John's. We looked at Jesus. We looked at ours, and they were all in water. We looked at real baptisms. We looked at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire, and the baptism of Jesus on the cross. Now we're going to look at one last baptism that happens to us, which the baptism that you receive today is a symbol of. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. We are one body of, with many members. We have been baptized, submerged into 
one spirit in Christ Jesus. This is a real baptism that has happened to you. This, we were baptized by the spirit into the body of Christ. This is the new birth. Today's water baptism is a symbolic act of the real baptism that has taken place in the spirit. When you are water baptized today, it speaks of the fact that you have passed from death unto life in Christ Jesus. So let's get a better revelation of this baptism that takes place in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 9, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of his deity lives in bodily form. The full deity, the full Godhead of, Jesus, of, of, of God lived and dwelled in Christ. They are one. I know we can't wrap our peanut brains around that, but they are one. And guess what? You have been made one with them. Do you know, I mean, this, is, this just blows my mind that seated at the right hand of God is what? A man. A resurrected man. Jesus Christ. Huh. So, and in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, what does baptism mean? It means to be put into, submerged, right? In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He, he is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed with human hands. This is another a symbolic act in the Old Testament that represented a real circumcision in the New Testament. We're not going to get into that. I don't have my knives and stuff this morning. But, but, <laughs> my scissors. But anyways, circumcision is all about what Jesus done in the spirit. He's, he cut away your old sinful nature. Everything that you were in Adam, he cut away to reveal who God created you to be. Forever. Hmm. We won't get into that. Okay. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. So how did that all happen? When you were buried with him in baptism. When you were put in him. In which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus was baptized on the cross. And 2,000 years ago, God put humanity in Christ. Mystically unified. He died for the sins of the world. And he was put in the grave. We were put in the grave. We were baptized with him. And when God pulled Jesus out of the grave, he pulled us up with him. Because we have been died. We have been submerged. We have been forever joined to Christ. In verse 13 it says, When you were dead in your sins and, in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. With Christ. When did it happen? It happened when Christ was resurrected. You were resurrected. He forgave us all 
He forgave us all our sins, all of them. When did he do that? On the cross. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in the cross. Do you see all that? Do you see all those symbolic baptisms of the Old Testament, of Noah, of the, of the sin and judgment of God, taking away the sins of the world? But they were safe inside the ark. We were safe inside of Christ. Do you see, do you see that all the principalities and powers were, were dethroned, dethroned? depowered, made, rendered powerless over us, just like the ruling authority of Egypt had over the slaves of Israel. And we have been made free, just like the children of Israel have been made free, because we were baptized, we were submerged into, we were redeemed in Christ Jesus. This is what happens when you, when, when we go through water baptism. We go back and identify with the work of God in submerging, immersing our spirits into the Spirit of God himself. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. You see, we've been identified by, with, and in Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? God is does not see you separate from Christ. We just went through a whole series on this. God does not see you separate from Christ. You, through baptism of the Spirit, which this water baptism represents today, he, he identifies you in Christ, with Christ, and by Christ. We have eternally been united with Jesus. Just like a garment. Just like a garment that has been baptized into dye, we have been submerged into Christ. Christ is in us. We are in Christ. The dye is in the garment. The garment is in the dye. How can you separate the two? You can't separate the two. We have been forever submerged, joined, welded, married to Christ. And what God, has what God has joined together, let no man separate. Isn't the Bible wonderful? We have been identified, baptized with Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, you died on the cross. When God raised up Jesus, you were raised to newness of life. When Jesus ascended and sat down on the right, right hand of the Father, guess what? You sat down. Ephesians says that... We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's how knitted we are. This is what water baptism represents. Water baptism is not a real baptism. But it represents a real baptism that took place when you were born again. Because because Jesus chose to be symbolically baptized for all humanity in the, in the Jordan River and then later chose 
the, real, uh, the reality of that baptism on the cross, we are able to experience the reality of our baptism into God. And today we get to celebrate the reality through the symbolism of water baptism. So water baptism is not a real baptism. So let's answer the question that we started with. To be saved, do you have to be water baptized? No. Now let's answer the next question. To be saved, do you have to be baptized? Yes. You have to be plunged. You have to be submerged into the very Spirit of God, into Christ Himself, and be identified with Him forever. How awesome is that, huh? Amen. Let's pray. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.